Coming up on Locked on Dodgers, the Dodgers had their worst game of the season right in the middle of their best series of the season. Dodgers win the series with the Cubs over the weekend. A lot to talk about from this between Max Muncy, Clayton Kershaw, James Outman, plus some news about Tony Gonsolin and some other stuff. So that's what's on tap. So let's get Locked on Dodgers. You are Locked on Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Dodger fans, this is Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Remember, this show is free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked On Dodgers. Or even better, go ahead and subscribe wherever you're watching or listening right now, and then you can be an everydayer just like we are. If this is your first time with us, I am Jeff Snyder. That guy next to me is Vince Samperio. Vince and I are both lifelong Dodger fans just like you are. We've also both spent time covering the Dodgers in the press box and the locker room. So we're not quite insiders, but we bring you the smart fans perspective on our boys in blue every weekday morning. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Baseball GM. If you ever dreamed of becoming an MLB GM and managing your own baseball franchise, then this game is definitely for you. To download the game, just visit ultimatebaseballgm.com or look it up on the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code Locked On in all caps in the game. And Vince, uh, like I said at the top, this was a, a crazy weekend because... Friday's game was the worst game the Dodgers have played all year. One of the worst games they've played in several years, probably. I can't think of, I mean, even when they actually got no hit by the Cubs a couple of years ago, that was a close game. You know, th- this one was nearly a perfect game and they got blown out. So the pitching didn't show up. The offense didn't show up. It was just a disaster of a game. And yet... The Dodgers won the series. They won all three other games. Uh, Dodgers go three and one this weekend with a run differential of zero. <laughs> they scored the same exact number of runs as the Cubs in the series. But, uh, you know, like we maybe haven't expected from the Dodgers, the Dodgers did a good job of spreading those runs around and uh, and and winning three games with them. Yeah, and what we asked for on the close of, of Friday's episode was hopefully we're talking about a series win on Monday. That's what we're talking about. It was, like I said, Friday – you know, the, the way to come back from a loss like Friday is to win the next two games. And that's what they did. We saw a lot from the offense, uh, maybe more specifically Max Muncy, James Altman, who really stood out. But we saw Mookie's first start at shortstop and, you know, made all the plays that were that he needed to. Uh, wasn't too many hit to him, but he made all the ones I needed to. He contributed on offense. Uh, you know, the bullpen came through. Starting pitching, for the most part, came through. So, yeah, I mean, for if you're going to lose a game 13-0 and you win the three around them in a series, I'll take it. Yeah, Dodgers hit 10 home runs in this four-game series, uh, including zero, obviously, on Friday when their only hit was a 12-foot dribbler by David Peralta. And uh, the other three games, they hit 10 home runs, eight of them by Muncie and Outman, who had four each. And then Mookie Betts and uh, J.D. Martinez both had big home runs in Sunday's game. You know, and you and I, one of our favorite topics is what's the best and worst way to lose a series or win a series or whatever. And a four-game series is different because – I mean, just winning a four-game series, there's no bad way to win a four-game series because it's hard to win a four-game series. you got to win at least three out of the four, and especially for a team like the Dodgers that hadn't won back-to-back games in 17 days, uh, they were going to have to win back-to-back games at least once, and they did on Saturday and Sunday. But, you know, winning the first game of the series is always fun, and winning the last two. I think 
win, loss, win, win. If you take out the part about almost having a perfect game thrown against them on Friday, I think this is the best formula for winning a four, four game. I, obviously, the best formula is sweeping the series. But if you're winning three out of four, I think this is my platonic ideal of how to do that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you book in with a win and a win, I think whatever happens in the middle, not the hugest deal. But when you lose the way they did on Friday and then you win the next two, then that obviously adds to it. So, yeah, either way, like I said, winning three out of four, not always not easy in general uh, to win a four game series. There's really only two ways to do it. And the Dodgers got it. in. Yep. Uh, Clayton Kershaw pitched on Sunday and didn't have his best stuff. He said so. Dave Roberts said so. He allowed two runs in the first inning. Both of them were unearned, uh, which uh, some interesting little scoring quirks just because you know, obviously Nico Horner's run is unearned because he reached base on an error. Uh, but then even though the next run scored on two hits, uh, it's also unearned because Bellinger was only at second base because Outman threw home to try to get Horner. So if, if Horner's not on base – Billinger's on first base, so he only goes to second or third on the other base hit, so he doesn't score. So both of those runs count as unearned. The only earned run Kershaw allowed was the home run to Jan Gomes. Uh, and, you know, on a day that he didn't have his best stuff, to give you six innings, one earned run, and get the win, uh, give his team a chance to win, and and the offense came through for him, I, I think that's kind of what makes Clayton Kershaw special is – uh, the ability to go out and pitch really well on a day that he doesn't have his best stuff. And I think that's part of the reason that this version of Kershaw, 35 year old Clayton Kershaw is able to be almost as good as he was in his peak, even though he doesn't have nearly as good a stuff anymore. Yeah. And we talked about this after his last start when he maybe had the best stuff that he's had in a while of Kershaw kind of being that guy again for this Dodger team. And that's, it's coming off to, not great Julio starts, you know, Friday was not good at all. The one before that was just okay. Uh, so for him to be that guy and if he wants to become, hopefully he doesn't have to become the stopper because that means the Dodgers are losing every time before he pitches. But if he wants to be the guy that you can count on for, you know, six innings every time out and, and less three or less runs, whatever you want to call, you know, whatever you want to put the parameters on, if he can be that guy for the Dodgers, it makes sense. You know, slider is still there. It's, it's, I think I saw a tweet where it's, you know, looking better than it has maybe at any point in his career, or at least, you know, some of the numbers are starting to bear out that way. You know, didn't quite have the curveball like he did in his last start. You know, the fastball is what the fastball is. But for him to transition, make that transition in, and pretty smoothly, you know, there, there was definitely a time when we noticed, okay, Kershaw went from Clayton Kershaw, MVP Cy Young to, okay, Clayton Kershaw, just a really good starting pitcher. We saw that transition with our eyes, but it never really showed that heavily in his numbers. Obviously, you know, it did show in his numbers, but he's always been a better than league average pitcher and, you know, sometimes way better than league average uh, in certain regards. So, yeah, for him to be that guy for the Dodgers, especially right now when they need it, it's just reminiscent of, like, those early years when he was the guy that had to, you know, go six, seven, eight innings every time out, give the bullpen a rest. And even a couple of times, you know, driving some runs on his own that he wasn't getting support from from the rest of the offense. So the offense put up some runs this time, but, you know, it, it all worked out. And, and yeah, Kershaw being that guy again, I can only hope it continues. Yeah. Three other guys gave the Dodgers exactly what they needed this weekend. Max Muncy, we're going to talk about in the next segment, but two other guys we want to talk about right now. James Outman, four home runs, uh, a double, you know, just, just, uh, I mean, the game winning home run on Thursday. 
um, yeah, on Thursday, two uh, two home runs that game, two more home runs on Saturday, uh, and then Mookie Betts, who started at shortstop on on Sunday for the first time in his career, third time playing shortstop for the Dodgers, and Dave Roberts gave his stamp of approval and said there's a pretty good chance we'll see him there again on Tuesday. Uh, it, those two guys really came through with what the Dodgers needed this weekend. Yeah, and James Outman just continues. You know, it's one of those things where you – or at least maybe I try not to get too excited because he is a rookie. He wasn't that, you know, wasn't a heralded rookie. He wasn't like a top draft pick. He's a guy that the Dodgers have developed. And, you know, for the most part, you're kind of waiting for to see what happens. But, you know, we're, we're pretty – we're deep enough into the season where it might not just be an anomaly. We're not that deep to where you can feel 100% comfortable and thinking, okay, James Outman is this guy. But what you can, you know, gather from what he's done so far is that he's going to be a competitive at bat every time. You know, he's going to you know put the ball in play hard. Uh, he's been hitting, and it's one of those things where he's not just hitting fastballs. He's not just hitting off-speed pitches. He's hitting both, and he's hitting them hard, and he's hitting them over the wall, and, it, and it's working out. And, and especially with – it's exactly what the Dodgers need. So for him to be that guy, I mean, his barrel percentage, he's in the 96 percentile, you know, hard hit percentage, max exit velocity, all that's up there, not in the 90th percentile, but it, it's red on baseball. Salon. But, yeah, for him to be that guy for the Dodgers and, and kind of what they need – you know, it's been an interesting year. You know, even Mookie Betts and, and Freddie Freeman in general, they you look at the the numbers and they're you know pretty pretty good, but you look at what they've done and it impactful, maybe not as much as you might think. Uh, you know, Freddie has not so much RBIs, hasn't really had the chance to be as impactful as maybe he wants to be, but you know, Alman's been able to be impactful. And like we mentioned last week on the offensive side. You get runners on, eventually, you know, you're going to start getting some hits out of those, and that's what happened when they loaded the bases. Yeah, for sure. Uh, We're going to come back in a minute. We are going to talk more about Max Muncy. He had a great weekend, continuing a great uh, two-week stretch for him. So thank you for making Locked on Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning, and please keep it Locked on Dodgers. This episode is brought to you by Ultimate Pro Baseball GM. Pro Baseball GM is the coolest game we've played in a long time. You know, Vince and I always thought we could be pretty good major league general managers, and we get a chance to prove it with this game because it allows you to manage every strategic aspect of a franchise. You're playing through the season, leading your franchise and fans to glory as you build a historic dynasty. You're responsible for hiring coaches and staff, managing finances, scouting and drafting players, dealing with difficult personalities and injuries, uh, free agency, all the ups and downs of the season, and all of this is in in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Baseball GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want and when you want to. We have a group put together for all the Lockdown MLB hosts, and it is a ton of fun competing against your friends. You can do the same thing. Set up a group with your friends and see who the best general manager is uh, and get all those bragging rights in your group of friends. And Locked On Dodgers listeners get a 100% free boost of their franchise when using promo code LOCKEDON in the game store. So make sure to check it out. To download the game, just visit probaseballgm.com or scan the code that's on your screen if you're watching on YouTube, or look it up on the app stores. That's probaseballgm.com, Ultimate Baseball GM. Start your dynasty today. All right, we want to thank you again for making Lockdown Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. There's no game today, but when there is a game, be sure to check out SiriusXM on the SXM app. You can search for Dodgers, and you can listen to the hometown broadcast of any Dodger game, wherever you are, on the app, on the SiriusXM radio it's a great way to follow along with the Dodgers when you can't be watching them on TV. So check out the SXM app. And uh, we are back to talk about Max Muncy, who 
two and a half weeks ago, two weeks ago, uh, what I, we, we did a mailbag episode a couple of weeks ago, Vince, and it seemed like most of the questions we got were somewhere along the lines of why does Max Muncy suck so bad? How much longer are we going to deal with Max Muncy sucking so bad? How come Max Muncy's still in the lineup? His t- defense is terrible and he can't hit. What are they doing? And, uh, I feel pretty good about the answers we gave Vince because what we said, somebody asked how long a leash is Max Muncy going to get on defense at third base. And we said his leash on defense is mostly going to depend on his offense because when Max Muncy is right, his offense is plenty good to carry, you know, even if he isn't great. And we also said his defense is going to improve. There's been some bad luck. There's been, you know, and both of those things have, have come true. Muncy's defense has improved and we saw on Sunday a perfect microcosm of how his bat keeps him in the lineup because Muncy made that error in the first inning on Sunday that led to two unearned runs. And then later in the game, he had a two-run home run. You know, he he made up for that. And obviously that was his fourth home run of the series. Uh, he is, what, 10th home run in the last 13 games, I think it was. It's just ridiculous. And the the crazy thing is, he's not really playing out of his mind. It's not like he's batting 580 during this stretch you know he's he's probably batting about 300 in this stretch it's just that he's hitting the ball really hard and a bunch of those going over the fence which means you know it i'm not going to say it's totally sustainable because if he was really to hit 10 home runs every 13 games uh, he'd end up being the major league season single season record holder and uh, while i'd love to see that i wouldn't put money on that but it wouldn't shock me at all at this point to have to see muncie hit 45 home runs this year yeah and you know he went from everyone all the questions being directed about muncie and and you know defensively offensively whatever the case to he's now leading the league in home runs you know he's got 11 home runs he's leading the league and the biggest change or the biggest thing that that he's looking like muncie of the past is he's hitting most of this stuff off of fastballs and for muncie you know right off the bat you might think Oh well, he he's not going to keep getting fastballs the way he is hitting. But what you maybe don't know about Max Muncy, if you, if you don't watch or you don't pay attention, is that he has a really good eye at the plate. So he is going to continue to get fastballs because he doesn't necessarily chase too often, and he does you know force the pitcher to throw him pitches before. And when you look at the past years, uh, you know, does last year on fastballs, he had thirteen of his uh, thirteen of his twenty one home runs off the fastball, but he hit one ninety two against the fastball. And right now he's hitting 367 against fastball with seven of his 11 home runs off of it. And then you go back to 2021, he hit 307 with 25 home runs. You go back to 2020, he struggled a little bit. And that's the year he struggled. He hit 204 with 11 home runs. You go to 2019, he hit 279 with 25 home runs. You go to 2018, he hit 304 with 24 home runs. So his ability to hit the fastball is where his success comes from. And, you know, whether there's a little kickback, whether it's the confidence, whatever it is, it's all combining to bring him back to years past when he succeeded. That's hitting the fastball. And that's also having a good eye that he continues to have. And like I said, he's hitting the ball hard. He only has singles and home runs so far this year. So it's not like, like you said, he's not hitting 500 and and being an all-around hitter. He's being the hitter that Max Muncy is for the most part, which is decent on average if you worry about that and big on power and doing, you know, a force in the middle of the Dodger lineup. Yeah, and that's a point I didn't get a chance to make about James Outman too in the last segment was that's another thing Outman's doing well is getting pitches to hit. Both of them are commanding the strike zone, and they're both perfectly content to take a walk. If you 
don't throw them a strike. They will get on base and they will pass the baton. And I, I know that frustrates some people. And, and I've seen a lot of talk about the Dodgers batting average not being great this year. And I could not care less because the on-base percentage is really, really good. And yeah, every once in a while you do need a hit. If you, you know, if it's second and third and two outs uh, and, and, a, and one of your big hitters up, I'd rather have a base hit than a walk. But most of the time, you know, especially if Austin Barnes is on deck, although he did get his second hit of the season uh, on Sunday. Um, but most of the time, get on base. You've got good hitters behind you. And that plate discipline, even if that walk uh, in that moment is not as good as a hit, the fact that you are willing to take a walk makes it a lot more likely that you're going to get those home runs in the future because pitchers know I have to throw a pitch in the strike zone to Max Muncy and James Outman. They're not going to chase for me. It's the same thing Will Smith has going for him too. Uh, one of the reasons Miguel Vargas, for the most part, has uh, remained playable, even though he's not hitting for average like we we thought he would, is because he still has a good eye, still willing to take that walk. You know, these guys who can take a walk are really really valuable, and especially with Muncy and Outman this weekend, we saw when they get pitches, they punish them, and, and it's just. Uh, that that home run by Muncie on Sunday was so much fun to watch. It uh, it reminded me a little bit. He didn't drop the bat, but it reminded me a little bit of your old Yasmani Grandal thing. Uh, you know what it mean when that bat drop? Uh, yeah. You know, because Muncie, it was just like the second he hit it, he knew. And you know, it, it's always funny the the whole go get it out of the ocean thing when Bumgarner got so mad because. Muncie didn't even admire that one. Muncie hit it and jogged around the bases, and, and Bumgarner got mad. This one on Sunday, Muncie did what Bumgarner thinks Muncie did on the go-get-it-out-of-the-ocean home run. He watched it. He uh, he got that, like, I'm not even mad. I'm just disappointed that you would throw me that pitch kind of look. And then he kind of frisbeed his bat away. It was, you know, understated but but beautiful reaction to a home run. Yeah, and and when Muncie is going, that's the Muncie that we know and, and love. And you know, he's he has, he's had a couple of those so far this season, like the no doubters where he gets to stop and stare, drop the bat, whatever the case is. And then he's had some other ones that you know, he's had to not been able to admire as much. And Outman's, you know, same thing. He's been hitting some hard liners. So you know, a couple of his home runs over the weekend were hard line drives where he kind of had to run out of the box. But yeah, he Muncie's been that guy. He's kind of, he's you know, carried the, the offense a little bit, him and Outman this weekend, and has carried the offense for a little bit, you know, for a week now. And for him to get going and for him to kind of step up when Will Smith is out is obviously a big boost because we still don't know when, when we're going to see Smith again for the Dodgers. Uh, Dave Roberts said he's probably not going to be back the rest of this road trip, which is the next three or four days, three games. Uh, so, yeah, so for him to do that, for us to you know hit those home runs, it works out. And, hey, you know, you rely on the home run, but the home runs won three out of four this weekend. So you got to take it. Yeah, and Mookie had a big two-run double in the last inning that gave them some much-needed insurance. And yeah, if he'd hit over the wall, it would have been three insurance runs instead of two. We'll take the double. And uh, yeah, extra base hits are great, whether they go over the wall or not. And uh, the Dodgers are doing a bunch of those. We're going to come back in a minute. There's a little bit of news on what the Dodgers plan to do to fill uh, the spot in the rotation left by Michael Grove's injury. So we're going to come back and talk about that and preview the upcoming series against the Pirates a little bit. So thank you again for making Locked on Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. And please keep it Locked on Dodgers. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Uh, you know, getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, especially because we're always growing and changing. 
therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way we do until we talk through things. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. I know from personal experience, therapy can be very helpful to have someone who is uh, not personally invested, not emotionally invested in you to bounce ideas off of, and somebody who is trained and licensed to uh, help you work through the things that you need to work through. It, you can learn coping skills, how to set boundaries, uh, how to become the best version of yourself. There's so many reasons that you might go to go to therapy. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on MLB today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H E L P.com slash locked on MLB. This episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. Looking for a delicious snack, but you don't want all the sugar and calories? You need the best tasting protein bar ever. Built. You got to try this. If you're like me, you're trying to make healthier snack choices, but you, you, Sometimes you want something that tastes really good. Well, that's where Built Bars and Built Puffs are. The they're, they're a godsend because they are healthy and they taste amazing. You you will be shocked as you eat them that they are good for you. Uh, for one thing, you know they're covered in complete hundred percent real chocolate. Uh, very very yummy. Come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, cookies and cream. I don't know how Built does it. I assume there's witchcraft involved, either that or science. I don't know the difference but they taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. They're all only about 130 calories, four grams of sugar, 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering Built Bars at Built.com, which you can still do, but you can also get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club, uh, and you can still get specialty flavors at Built.com. So head to Walmart or Sam's Club to pick something up or go to Built.com, order them, and uh, you can thank me later. All right, we are back. We want to thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. We want to remind you about SiriusXM and the SXM app. The Dodgers are off today, but anytime they play, you can get the hometown broadcast, radio broadcast live uh, in your car, on the radio, or on your phone in the SXM app simply by searching for Dodgers. And uh, it's a great way to follow along with the Dodgers when you can't watch on TV. Uh, Vince, there is a little bit of news this weekend. We talked the other day about, uh, Michael Grove's injury and what that meant for the rotation. Uh, we talked about Gavin Stone and the fact that he has been struggling in AAA. Uh, we talked about Tony Gonsolin, who was slated to make at least one more rehab start, maybe two, but they could possibly bump him up. Uh, and we talked about the possibility of skipping the, the spot in the rotation because of the day off and just, go with the four-man rotation a time through until Gonson was ready. It looks like, even though uh, Gavin Stone actually had a very good start in AAA over the weekend, I think five innings, one run allowed, struck out seven, I think. It was a really good game. It showed us what we are excited about with him. Uh, anybody who follows this show knows how excited I am about Gavin Stone. Uh, but it looks like the Dodgers have decided. I don't think they've made an official announcement, but Tony Gonson is back with the team, and it looks like the plan is for him to start – this week uh, in Pittsburgh, I think on Wednesday probably, and uh, and fill that spot. And you know, even if he's only built up for four innings or so, 
uh, you know, they'll probably hope to have Andre Jackson to piggyback off him to go a couple innings, and then it turns into regular, uh, regular bullpen usage game after that. Uh, I think I'm okay with this decision. I think the this, the conclusion you and I came to was that that was really probably the the right decision and the only real decision to make. Uh, even after Gavin Stone's good start over the weekend, I think I still agree with what we said the other day. Vince, do you still feel like this is the right move? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's a lot easier with Gonson already being on the roster. Uh, the Dodgers are in a little bit of a crunch in, in that sense. I mean, they could find some guys. But, yeah, I mean, Gonson makes sense. He's built up to 60 pitches, I think Robert said. So, you know, in theory, that should be three or four innings if he pitches well. Uh, you know, maybe he could sneak in going into the fifth if he's really, really, really good. And, it, 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 like I said, coming with an off day on, on Monday, hopefully a good start on Tuesday and then, you know, uh, from Cindergard, and then, you know, they'll have a f- relatively fresh bullpen to get through Wednesday. Uh, the only, you know, part that's a little tough is that there's a quick turnaround on Thursday with an early game. Uh, so hopefully, you know, it is like Gonsolin and Jackson can eat most of those innings. Jackson, maybe it's the Cubs. We'll see. He, he once again came in and was giving up some, some base, some souvenirs to the fans out there in the outfield. But, uh, yeah, I mean, for what it is and, and for Gonsolin to go make two more rehab starts or to make two starts here in the majors, even to get built up uh, at this point, I'd rather see him in the majors. Yeah, and it is the Pirates who are surprisingly good this year. I think I saw they have the third best record in baseball, uh, but they have been playing some, some patsies lately, uh, a lot of Rockies and Reds on their schedule recently. And so uh, – Hopefully the Dodgers can go in and remind them what good baseball looks like and, and uh, take this series. Uh, and, and yeah, I mean, Andre Jackson is a big question mark right now. I, I think it was just the one home run he gave up in his most recent outing. Uh, it was a big one, uh, big one as far as distance, not as far as meaningfulness to the game because the game was already well out of hand, hand by then. Anyway, uh, I, I'm interested to see what the corresponding move is. Uh, because when the Dodgers put, uh, when they put Grove on the injured list, I think they're carrying. Are they carrying an extra position player right now? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. No, they do have thirteen pitchers. So one of the pitchers is going to have to go down uh, to make room for for Gonsolin. And you look at it, you know, uh, Dust, uh, Justin Brule is the most recent call up besides Andre Gonzalez. Jackson. Uh, oh, that's right. Victor Gonzalez got called up. So one of those guys, uh, you know, it's, there's the only guy you can look at and say, this guy deserves to be in the minors right now is probably Jackson. Uh, cause even, you know, Vesia and Almonte both haven't pitched well so far this year, but they do have at least a track record, uh, a lengthy track record. Jackson has pitched well the last two years, but in very, very limited duty. Uh, so, so Jackson is kind of the guy who maybe deserves the demotion, but probably also the guy who you can't afford to give the demotion to because he he's your long reliever who you're likely to need on Wednesday. Uh, who, who do you think goes back? You think Vic goes back down or, or Brule or somebody else? I don't know. I would say, you know, that I would, they called up Gonzalez to see what he has. Uh, maybe they didn't because they, you know, they didn't get him in there. And I thought maybe that ninth inning after Mookie hit that double, maybe they would have tried him in there. But I guess four runs is still 
you know, not enough of a cushion for to try someone out. Um, you know, Brule's shown what he's got. I think, I don't know, like I said, I think it might be a coin flip between those two uh, in terms of who's for, who's the first option you want to use on those guys since options are limited. And since Brule's maybe pitched a little bit more, maybe they want to see what Gonzalez has. Yeah, but um, unless they're going to, you know, I don't know the Pirates' landscape of, of the team. I don't know if they have a lot of lefties. I know Brian Reynolds is going to miss the first two games of the series. Uh, I believe he was placed on the bereavement list. So that's one big lefty out of their lineup. But, yeah, if they have a lot of lefties, maybe they keep all the lefties and send down Jackson. And if not, and they want the length, then they'll go with Jackson uh, and keep and maybe drop down Brule and see what Gonzalez has. Yeah, they are not super lefty heavy. I'm looking at their roster right now. They have a switch hitter, Rodolfo Castro. And then lefties, they have Tucapita, Marcano, uh, Jiwan Bay, Kanan Smith, Najiba. Najigba and Jack Sawinski. Everybody else is right-handed. So a little bit right-handed heavy. I wonder if Alex Vessia has two option years available. He's been struggling. There is a historical precedent for Vessia getting sent to the minors and figuring it out and coming back on fire. Uh, And an option year, getting optioned, it doesn't count as an option year unless you're down there for more than 20 days. And so they could realistically send Vessia to the minors for two weeks, let him work on some stuff, call him up. It wouldn't even use up one of his option years and it would allow him to maybe get right. You know, when you do have this pirate series where they don't have a ton of lefties, definitely not the big scary lefties who, you know, there's no Cody Bellinger or Juan Soto or any guy who, you think, okay, we we want a tough lefty reliever here. And with Ferguson and Gonzalez also on the roster, you know, maybe it makes sense to to give Vessia a little break in the minor leagues. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be upset with it. He's he got a little bit screwed over the weekend uh, with a couple pitches that were not called strikes, and he did get out of the inning. But yeah, I mean <laughs> We saw it two years already where he went down and then came back up and, and was the man. And, you know, I hope he wouldn't need that kick in the pants every single time, but it might be some, you know, whatever it is, whether it's mechanically or whether it's pitch clock related or whatever it is, uh, this would be the time to do it when you do have the other lefties up on the roster that could be, you know, solid or could be at least decent with Brule and Gonzalez. Uh, you know, you find a little click in the a little breaking the schedule for for him to kind of go figure things out uh, if they're going to do it it would be right now yeah of course the actual answer as always is going to be they're going to put some guy on the aisle with some injury we ha- didn't even know was a thing and uh, and that's how they make room on the roster for gone and that's how it always works but if they do want to send somebody to the minors those are the few options they have uh like i said there's no game today Dodgers have a day off. I think they've already flown to Pittsburgh, so they're spending their day off in Pittsburgh because who wants to spend another day in cold, wet Chicago more than you have to? So they are in beautiful Pittsburgh. Have you you been to Pittsburgh, Vince? Yeah. Pittsburgh is the city in America that most pleasantly surprised me when I went there. I expected a dirty, ugly city, and it is one of the most beautiful cities in in America and uh, beautiful baseball stadium. If you're a baseball fan, if you haven't been to Pittsburgh, you got to go to Pittsburgh. The city's beautiful. The stadium's beautiful. Everything about Pittsburgh is awesome. And I hope that the Dodgers can make those uh, 
fans in that beautiful, awesome city sad for the next few days. Uh, but because there's not a game, we will probably do a mailbag episode tomorrow. That is kind of the 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 routine we've settled into this season. No game to talk about, so we'll do a mailbag. So feel free to sh- start you shooting your questions over. Vince, do you have anything else for today's episode? No, we're good. All right, we do want to remind you all again uh, that when there are games, obviously it's not a game today, but when there are games and you want to listen, you're not av- you are not able to watch. The SXM app is always available for you. You can just search Dodgers and uh, you can listen to the hometown broadcast anytime you want. It's a it's a really cool way to follow along with the game. We also want to remind you that you can uh, listen to us every day, become an everydayer, uh, watch the show, listen every day. Uh, it's really easy to become an everydayer. All you got to do is watch or listen every day. Simple formula. Uh, we want to shout out all of you who are doing that. We've heard from a lot of you. I got it. We got a text message from a regular listener, Greg in Bartlett, Illinois, uh, who said he tries his best to be an everydayer. Sometimes on the rare occasions that we don't get the episode up uh, by about one in the morning Pacific, like we normally do, he's unable to listen because he is definitely a driving to work listener. Uh, So, you know, it's a great, we try to get this up early for you and keep it around 30 minutes so you can listen on your commute to work. So please, if you're not watching and listening every day, become an everydayer. It's a lot of fun. You can follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at Locked On Dodgers. Vince is on Twitter, at, uh, not at Vince Semperio, at Vince Since 91. I knew I was going to mess that up. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Snydog, and the DMs are open in all of those places. Our email address is LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com, and our phone number for voicemails or text messages is 323-863-LOCK-5625. We are here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be here with us. When you get in your car or sit on your couch, tell your smart device to tell you, smart device to play podcast locked on Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one.